2: Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself.
0: For the young or old of the past or present... The sky has always been a source of great thrill. Whether it be the burning ball of fire that lights up our solar system, or the moon that looks so majestic on a calm, dark night, there is something truly majestic about what lies above us. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people, a platform to give teens a voice right here on The Voice America is Network. I'm Hannah Hundle, and today the theme for our show is astronomy and astrology.
3: And I'm Kaisine Kelly.
0: Express Yourself is produced
3: by Star Style
0: Productions
3: and brought to you as an outreach service of Be The Star You Are charity. We have a really informative and interesting show for you today as we talk about this grand, unimaginable universe that we all
0: share. Now, as we're going to delve into both astronomy and astrology... I think it's important to clearly understand what these two fields are. Often, people tend to conflate these subjects, thinking that they just involve the sky somehow. But the truth is, both astronomy and astrology represent much more than that. Isn't that true, Kaseem?
3: Definitely. According to Merriam-Webster's dictionary, astronomy is a scientific study of stars, planets, and other objects in outer space. But astrology is a bit different. Astrology is a study of how the positions of stars and movements of the planets supposedly influence lives, events, and behaviors.
0: Ah, that's really neat. Of course, these are just some basic working definitions to give us a general idea. Through the course of the show, we're going to meet both a real-life astrologer and the president of an astronomy club, who will take us deeper inside these fields of study. In the meantime, however... Our very own Caseen will tell us how she appreciates astronomy through technology. Take it away, Caseen. Thanks, Hannah.
3: I've always loved watching the stars. When I was little, I used to sneak out into my backyard to lie on the deck and look up at the sky. It was amazing to realize that the universe was so large and in perspective, I was so small. I found it comforting to know that the decisions and mistakes I made were not really that big of a deal overall. For Christmas that year, my mom got me a guide to the stars that laminated pamphlet became my best friend. Now, when I'm not too busy studying or doing extracurriculars, I still love to de-stress under the stars. And now that I've lost the pamphlet, my iPhone is my best friend, (laughs) for more reasons than one. As a self-proclaimed amateur astronomy lover, I love having my phone loaded with apps. The first pick is Sky Safari, which is available on both iPhones and Androids. It has beautiful graphics that map out the sky with images from the Hubble telescope and the NASA spacecrafts that are up in um, the sky right now. Also with the app, you get a subscription to Skyweek, sky which alerts you about eclipses and meteor showers that are coming up. If you're looking to use your app to plan your night, then Star Mop is also very useful. It selects the most interesting things to watch in the sky that night and lets you choose for them and plan for them according to times. My favorite feature is in the app is that it has auto-dimming, so you can use it while staring up at the sky. In addition, these images glow red instead of white in order to not mess up your vision, because if you, it glows white, then you wouldn't be able to properly see the stars anymore. These little touches are truly what set the app aside. My last astronomy app pick is Starwalk. All you do is point your phone up at the sky, and the phone gives you the precise location of the stars and meteors in the sky. In addition, it includes a calendar for you, you to plan out all your nights beneath the stars. Overall, there is no excuse to not enjoy the show in our night sky, at least once in a while. It's amazing how much you can learn not only about the universe, but also about yourself through astronomy. And I think that is what makes it truly amazing.
0: You know, I completely agree with you. I think it's incredible how if you take those few moments every night, you know, as you mentioned, when we're not studying or with curriculars or busy, if we can just take those few moments every night to kind of gaze at the stars, it's amazing what that brings out in you. And I think it's even more wonderful that many apps are now facilitating that for many people. And I wonder, are apps like Starwalk very user-friendly? I mean, you mentioned so many great features of it, but can the average person really count on using it well?
3: Definitely. So what I love about all these apps is I think there's a lot of resources out there, especially with this whole internet age. And we have things like the Hubble telescope, which have so many images that are all available to the public. And most things NASA does, NASA publishes and research briefs to the public. So I love that technology now through these apps are allowing people to relate to things that seem so broad, and making it very relatable to everyday people. So anyone can just pick up their phone and learn about astronomy, and you don't have to be some PhD student or ser- someone in college studying astronomy. You can just be any average person.
0: Ah, interesting. And I know you mentioned that Star Map has an auto-dimming feature. Can you elaborate a little bit on that or clarify at least? Yeah,
3: definitely. So this feature was kind of like I was weirded out by it at first because I didn't really understand. But this summer, I was actually a camp counselor at this camp where we brought the kids to a star party, which is basically where you go and a bunch of amateur astronomers show you bring their telescopes and show you the night sky. So we were instructed that we weren't allowed to see, no one was allowed to take out their phone or use flashlight because a white light would actually um, take away the viewing of the stars because our eyes wouldn't be adjusted to it. So we had to allow our eyes to adjust to the dark. So what this app is really cool for is, It auto dims so you don't have that bright white light and it tints everything the color red. That way you aren't, um, your eyes are still adjusted to the dark and you'll be able to see the stars properly through your telescope.
0: Okay, so do telescopes naturally account for this, um, for not damaging the eye through this auto dimming feature? Do they naturally have that in them or are there kind of adjustments that you need to make to get that?
3: No, so um, the auto-dimming feature isn't so much for not damaging your eye, but it's so that you can see everything in the sky. Because when you go out in the dark, um, your eyes adjust to the dark and you're able to see more things after a while in the dark. So if you are uh, exposed to a bright light, then this kind of night vision-esque thing will go away. Oh,
0: okay, that makes perfect sense. Do you know if there's any stars or bodies in the sky that are unsafe to actually view with the naked eye or even with the aid of a telescope
3: i'm not sure but i remember at the star party the astronomers were very careful at what they um wanted the kids to see and exactly um what they could look at and for how long and so i definitely think there are it's good to always like when you're looking at the stars if you're looking through a professional telescope that has like such professional magnification that you should be with someone who knows what they're doing
0: right right well i'm I'm really fascinated by the star party thing because I've never actually been to one. Is that something you do quite often or was it just a one-time thing at that camp?
3: Well, for us, it was a one-time thing because the camp was only a week long, but it's something... I went to the camp when I was in seventh grade and it's like a math and science camp for girls and it's something that we do every year and the girls seem to really love it. Um, It's cool because a lot of times when you look up at the stars, yeah, it's cool and you feel... um, You can think about your life and de-stress and all this stuff, but to really get into... What is going on in the sky? What exactly am I looking at is a whole nother thing. And that's also something very like intellectually interesting to explore, I think. And that's why I think people are really interested in star parties. Because um, people use star parties as a place to socialize, talk about similar interests, but also learn about so many cool things.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, when I think of people convening around a central topic, like in this case, really coming together for the purpose of astronomy and enjoying it, What instantly comes to my mind is the web, because not only do we have all these great apps on your phone, so handy to help you appreciate astronomy, but now anybody can just get on their computer and learn all about astronomy and really enjoy it that way as well. Are you one to kind of look up astronomy facts, fun facts, or delve into astronomy that way? Yeah, so I'm definitely a person who loves using the internet um, for many different research
3: things. And I think that the internet is a great resource for just like fun facts. And also there are places like Reddit that allow you to go on forums that are called like Ask Me Answer Me Like I'm Five. So you can ask people questions about the night sky or anything really that seems really complicated to you. And you'll get dozens of people answering back, explaining it to you very simply and very easily, which is what I think is really great about the internet.
0: Ah uh, yeah, that that's definitely great. I mean, you can you really have this community right at your fingertips. But I can imagine with that type of thing, you also have to be really careful about what type of information you're receiving. But really, I think that goes for anything that you're looking up online. Yeah, definitely. So
3: making sure your sources are correct is obviously a huge um, thing. So this year I'm taking AP Computer Science and part of our summer assignment was researching exactly what you need to do um, to get published on Wikipedia and how you can change. And I was surprised at how easy it is Um, for something to be changed in Wikipedia. All you need is another resource um, backing up your fact and then you can publish it. And the resource can be from anywhere, which I was really surprised about.
0: Right, no, I think it's critical that, especially for young people, we're so vulnerable and kind of impressionable to everything going around us, all these signals and all these transmissions that we really need to be vigilant about what we're taking in as fact. Well, thank you so much, Casey, for that great segment. It's truly fascinating to think how all of our technology innovations give us a better view of our universe. I'm Hannah Hundle. During the break, be sure to visit expressyourselfteenradio.com to see photos, descriptions, links, and more. And I'm Kysine Kelly. If anyone wants to start
3: a club Be The Star star You Are at your school, email our producer for information at cynthia at bethestarur.org. Stick around for our next segment as we welcome on a professional astrologer. Stay tuned!
2: We promise that listening will be just like delving into a good book. What
1: do you want to do? Are you interested in the performing arts?
0: On the Voice America Kids Network. Brought to you by the Be The Star You Are charity. I'm Hannah Hundle. Now, there's no better way to break down an interesting subject matter than to hear from an expert herself. Today we welcome to the program special guest Jamie Cald-Miller, a certified professional astrologer. She performs readings for individuals, couples, children, and families. Jamie who's been in private practice in the San Francisco Bay Area since 1992, says she engages in astrology for the pure aliveness, empowerment, and joy that it can bring. Jamie teaches classes in person, online, and by phone. She also publishes a blog, a bi-monthly newsletter, and a Twitter feed on a variety of astrological topics, both timely and whimsical. She has free offerings available through her blog. Jamie works to improve people's lives by helping them live to their fullest potential in the areas of career, relationships, and family. She believes that each human being is an inherently good, powerful, and immortal being who has chosen a particular moment to be born, a moment which contains specific talents, challenges, and purposes. Knowing what these are make it possible to identify and change patterns that have formed in response to life stresses. Jamie says that we discover how to live by accident, like learning a video game by playing it. However, she says that our life does actually come with clear instructions on how to live and be the best, most successful, and happiest individual possible. Many people may not know how to read these instructions, but with Jamie's help, they can discover who they truly are and how they can live their best life. And the outcome can be truly amazing. Jamie uses Western tropical astrology and she works best with people who are ready to grow and make changes in their lives to be happy and successful. She wants to show people that their fate and future are not carved in stone. We are all in the driver's seat. The real question is, where do you want to go? Jamie says it's the greatest job ever to help people answer that question and to get them moving in the best direction. As you can imagine, we are overjoyed to welcome Jamie to the program. Hi, Jamie. Hi, Hannah. It's great to be here. Thank you so much for coming on. This is fantastic. Now, I've always really been fascinated by astrology because I think it's one of those things that people kind of hear that term bantered about, but they don't quite know much about it. So how would you best describe your line of work? Wow. Um... Uh, On the technical side I
4: use a piece of paper that has the positions of the planets at the time and place that you were born but really it's more like a coach or a therapist. I talk with people about their lives and using that piece of paper I can get way inside a person's life really fast. I could be having a crazy conversation with somebody about stuff that they have never talked to anybody about within five minutes. And um, uh, so it's, it's kind of surgical that way psychologically, but it's really powerful and I like to do good when people let me into their heart of hearts and to um, really help them to see the best life that they can possibly live and then go out there and live it.
0: Ah, wonderful. And how, how does kind of the stars and you know, everything up there play into your work? Can we say that the stars and planets cause people to do things, or is that not quite an accurate description? Well, that's a great question, because uh, I like to think of it not so
4: much as a a compulsion or a fate. We have a lot more choice than that. Um, uh, To get really metaphysical for a moment, it's as if the moment that you were born is a, a special, unique moment in time. And the moment you take your first breath, your cells imprint with the quality of that moment and you become an agent of that moment for your lifetime and you, you take on the nature of that moment and, uh, and then that tells us what are you here for, what is your mission, what is your life plan and when you live into your life plan, that's the way to happiness, success and love. It's when you are trying to live as somebody that's not really you that you meet with failure and pain.
0: Uh, okay. And, you know, when you're talking about moment, I can imagine that with astrology, accuracy is really key. And wh- why is that so crucial, though?
4: That's true. And it's because the conditions in the sky that create a birth chart actually change at least a little bit about every three minutes. And with a, with a birth time being off by 10 minutes or a half an hour even, much less hours, I could be talking to a different personality. And it also throws off the timing of events in their life. So I could make a prediction about a phase that they're going to go through and what it'll feel like. And I could be completely accurate, but I could be off by months or even years if the birth time is off.
0: Okay, and so is that official moment of birth that birth time directly provided to you because what if there's an individual who for some reason or another didn't get that recorded say maybe an individual is adopted how would you how would you work with that kind of case
4: well you know it happens all the time and uh, i think it's partially because most people most nurses and doctors and midwives working in the birth you know area of life don't have any idea that that person getting born is going to want an astrology reading someday and they also don't know that for astrological purposes that moment of first breath is officially when uh, when the, the chart happens when it comes into existence for astrological purposes and in that moment you take on the quality of that moment, you become that moment, you become an agent of that moment, and it becomes your life plan. You take it on, you express it, and when you live into your life plan in the best possible ways, then you're living up to your nature, you're doing what you came here to do on earth, and that's the way that you find love, success, and happiness and when people are struggling and suffering in life it's usually because they're trying to live maybe the life their family told them they should live or their culture told them they should live but they're not really being their true self
0: okay so would you say that the job of an astrologer is to kind of write a prescription per se for that individual with what they want in their life
4: huh interesting way to put it you know i think uh... i think i have to distinguish here Uh, that the form of astrology that I practice is Western astrology, which is much more about free will and a psychological approach, as opposed to, say, Vedic astrology, which is more fatalistic and deterministic. So you could go to a Vedic astrologer, like uh, in India, and, and get some very definite predictions about your future, but you might feel kind of locked into that future, and like you don't have a choice. And that's not how I practice. Mm-hmm. I um, and so in a way it is a prescription because I can tell people how to live but mostly it's it's more of a diagnosis. It's oh so you've been living that way you're not really suited to it. Here's why it's not working. Try living this way instead. And people usually find that it, they feel it. They're feeling it while I'm talking to them. They're uh-huh. like getting it and uh, that's how they actually want to live and they just were
0: waiting for permission. Right. And then they can make the appropriate changes to their life after that. Yeah. Why doesn't my sign describe me completely? That's a great
4: question and thanks for answering it. You know, sun sign astrology is so easy to do because everybody knows what month they were born so you can know what sign you are. But that's not at all a description of everything that you are. You've got a sun sign and a moon sign and a Mercury sign and a rising sign and a Jupiter sign. There are so many parts to you and your Sun may be a strong factor in your chart but maybe not. So, you're made of many parts, and um, the sun is really just one piece of a much bigger picture.
3: Oh, that's very interesting. Um, So, there's talking about a lot of different parts. So, how can you? um, So, if you explore a bunch of different um, parts, do you get to, um, will that describe you more completely, or is there um, other factors that um, involve this too?
4: Oh, it, it absolutely describes you more completely, and you come away feeling. Like, more of you has been seen, because every human being is made up of so many complex parts.
3: Oh, that's so cool. Um, so, thank you so much, Jamie, for all this information. During the break, be sure to check out Jamie's website at
0: www.pandoraastrology.com. I'm Hannah Hundle. Also, visit our radio site at expressyourselfteenradio.com. And our Tumblr page at btsya.radio.tumblr.com. Stick around for our next segment as we continue our conversation about astrology with Jamie.
1: become a teenager and are ready to move on to the next phase of your years the squeals and screams are replaced by slightly less squeals and screams and you're expected to act a little more grown up tune in to life at 14 for the answers and support you need to get through this time in your life your hosts have some amazing life experiences and because of this they have the know-how to get you ready for what's next Life at 14, Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Kids Channel.
2: to explore the amazing world under the sea your host is a certified scuba diver explorer he likes to cook and most of all he's just a kid like you you'll find out a lot more lies under the sea than what you've seen on tv in movies and even in aquatic parks you'll learn about all kinds of fish as well as other sea creatures we'll take you to some exotic destinations and so much more There's a whole big world undersea just waiting to be discovered. Tune in to Under the Sea, Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Voice America Kids. What about the world concerns you? Is it future success? Is it world issues? Are you just looking to change the world in general? Tune in to What Up, World? It doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, or what you look like. Everyone is entitled to the same chance for success. Follow your dreams. Move forward. Make a difference. Tune into What Up World every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel.
1: You're listening to Voice America Kids. Real kids, real talk radio. You're listening to Express Yourself
0: giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. I'm Hannah Hundle, and today on Express Yourself, we've been talking about astrology. And I'm Kaisine Kelly. In the previous segment, we've had on professional astrologer
3: Jamie Call-Miller, who's been giving us a really informative look at her line of work. We're so thrilled to continue our discussion with her. So, Jamie, can you tell me about my
4: fate? I, I uh get that all the time and you know it's so funny because people's response to astrology is often to poo poo it or to believe in it too much and I I suppose I could tell you your fate but I don't really want to I don't want to tell you you know when you're gonna get married and meet Mr. Right and how many children you're gonna have I would rather tell you how to have everything you want in life how to pursue the career that you want, how to find inspiration, how to know your purpose, how, um, what is the kind of person that you should be with so that you can find them? Uh-huh. I don't want to leave it up to fate.
0: Right. You know, I'm great. That I'm really glad that you brought up the part about finding the perfect spouse because I'm sure, as an astrologer, you constantly get questions about, you know, is this the right man for me? Is this the right woman for me? Is it possible to kind of tell people in relation to other people what their future looks like?
4: Yeah, absolutely. And I do get a lot of questions about relationship and I love those questions because compatibility between people is a beautiful thing and it is very much about chemistry and that is definitely shown in the chart. And I get people coming to me where there was somebody that they're not really a good fit with and and that can be challenging for them but often they come away feeling like they have a better understanding of what they actually need in a relationship and are more equipped to find somebody that's a really good fit and when couples come to me I support their relationship I don't tell them if they should be together but I tell them how to be together and they often get all googly eyed and and you know feeling more in love just during the session <laughs> and start to see oh who is this wonderful person that I'm with
3: that's so cool. So um, in addition to that, what else do you do as a, in your job as an astrologer? What kind of typical questions do you get? Like the one like your spouse's, what other
4: questions are people normally asking you? Uh, one of the things I love to do is tell people about their luck periods coming up. Like career and money luck periods, knowing when you're going to be um, having you know, things going your way is really great to know ahead of time so that you can ramp up for it, get ready for it, get on track for it and really get good use of it. Another thing that I love to do is readings for parents about their children, particularly baby readings. Um, To see a parent's face light up when they hear about what is this baby's life about? What did this baby come here to earth for? And, And why did they choose this parent? And what's the special relationship there? Uh, I love those readings.
0: Uh, yeah, I can imagine. It's so wonderful you know, to see these people's faces really light up you know, at, at, as they're approaching this kind of threshold of their life and trying to figure out their future plan. I think it's wonderful that that's a part of your job. Would you say that that's the most fun thing about your job as an astrologer?
4: Uh, I think that's, that's definitely high up on the list. Um, seeing people's kind of the light bulb go off over somebody's head as they come to understand something about themselves, seeing people settle into themselves and accept themselves, seeing people really take on their life.
0: So Jamie, you're mentioning a lot of really fascinating aspects of being an astrologer. And I'm wondering for all our listeners out there who are really interested in this, what does it entail to become an astrologer? Before I even answer the question, I want to thank
4: you for using the word astrologer instead of astrologist, which people do a lot, and uh, I used to find that irritating, and then uh, figured out that the reason why is because it's not actually a word in English, so ah. <laughs> astrologer is the actual word, thank you for using it, that's awesome, um, and uh, and I also like this question, because. I discovered astrology when I was a teenager. When I was 16, um, a friend of my mother's did an astrology reading for me, and I was fascinated because come to find out that these mythological stories about the gods and the heroes that I had read when I was very small have a meaning and have a use in our life. And um, I did what I think anybody should do if they encounter astrology that young, which is I went to college and I studied something that is a people subject psychology uh, I think social work would work Um, counseling even communications this is what I would recommend there are not really a lot of schools where you could get a degree in astrology there actually is one in Olympia Washington but I think it's the only one and uh, I would recommend that you, you know, go to school, go to university. It's a good thing to do and, uh, and learn about people and uh, study astrology on your own and then start taking classes in astrology and really get into it after you have a degree in something else and, uh, and find an astrologer near you that you respect, that you admire, that you think is a good person as well as a good astrologer and work for them if you can work in their office, apprentice yourself to them, chase them around until they'll work with you <laughs> and, uh, and learn and learn and learn everything that you can and then when p- people ask you for readings, your friends, your roommates, your family, practice. Practice on everybody that's around you and when you're ready, start charging money. It's also a really good idea to get certified. That's a more complicated process and you should do that but that can come later. For now, just learn and, uh, and learn about people. I think
3: that's really cool how you can connect astrology to people. So how did you actually become an astrologer other than being interested at 16? Um, how did you build your clientele
4: and your base for that? Mm. Um, I studied for a long time before I started charging and uh, studied with a couple of different teachers. I found a mentor. I did a mentorship for a year and uh, yeah, I just started charging. I've been practicing for more than twenty years. It's been slow going because even in the San Francisco Bay Area where I am, there's a plenty there's plenty of skepticism. But um, you know, you just stick with it, slow and steady. You build a clientele like any people helper.
0: Right, right. And I know that you also publish a blog and a bi monthly newsletter. Is that part of all your efforts to kind of get astrology out there in the public, more people aware of it?
4: Yeah, and I feel really strongly about that. I I feel really strongly about practicing what I do with with a good ethic because so many people have misunderstandings about what astrology is and what astrologers do that I feel like I need to represent for it in the best way possible. So I do a lot of writing about it. And um, I try to keep the word out and then I just try to, you know, be, be good to people in my practice.
3: That's so cool. So how has the response been to your blog? Because obviously you're very active on social media and on the web. So has that actually brought in a lot of clientele for you and like helped increase your presence and astrology's presence on the
4: web? yeah and and good search engine optimization doesn't hurt either I try to you know use all the right keywords that people might use if they're searching for the information that I have to offer
0: okay and I believe when you were referring to becoming an astrologer, you said that certification is different from becoming quote-unquote a professional astrologer can you elaborate a little bit more on that I think that's an interesting point
4: certification is given by a couple of organizations around the country One of them is called the NCGR, another one is called the AFA, and um, they will certify you as an astrologer. They'll give you tests and a certification, but there are a lot of astrologers who practice and do a fine job without any certification at all. It's, uh, It's not a very official or organized field, and astrologers as a class of people tend to be kind of fringy, kind of... Different and um, and they don't really like rules all that much to begin with, but um, but certification is a good thing and um, it's it's an important thing to look into if you want to you know if you want to really learn to be a good astrologer
0: and not just kind of you know a random hobbyist astrologer. Right, right. Well, thank you so much, Jamie, for all of your information. We have truly enjoyed having you on the show. During the break, be sure to check out Jamie's website at PandoraAstrology.com I'm Hannah Hundle and I'm Kysine
3: Kelly please also visit our website at ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com and our videos at www.youtube.com slash are. Express Yourself is brought to you by the Be The Star You are 501c Literacy and Positive Media Charity. stay right here with us as we continue our conversation
1: Dinosaur Detectives and be heard every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Kids channel. Let's sing with the indie girls. Join Callie Young and Rinsley Phelps each week as they talk about the music industry with an emphasis on what it's like to sing as performers. We'll give out some great tips on how to make it big and be the next contestant on your favorite reality singing competition. We'll also talk to the artists who are already making it big on the up-and-coming circuit. Indie Girls can be heard live on the Voice America Kids channel every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Tune up your voice and join in the chorus. Keep it right here. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself.
0: I'm Hannah Hundle, and today, the theme for the show is astronomy and astrology. Now, as we said earlier, earlier, astronomy and astrology really are two
3: distinct fields. In the last segment, we heard from the astrologer who shared with us her love for what she does. Now, we bring on a young, aspiring astronomer who tells us what what got him interested in astronomy.
0: Sean Honaryar is a high school junior who has a passion for Latin, chemistry, and, of course, astronomy. Because the school does not offer astronomy classes, Sean founded the Astronomy Club as an outlet for other star-smart, planet-passionate teens. In his
3: free time, Sean makes YouTube videos, plays tennis, and you guessed it, learns astronomy. We are thrilled to welcome Sean to Express Yourself. Hi Sean.
5: Hi, how's it going?
3: Good, how are you?
5: I'm doing just fine right now.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so why did you decide to start the Astronomy Club?
5: Well, uh, like you said, uh, there, wasn't, there isn't much opportunity to learn astronomy in the classroom. So uh, I always have felt that it's such an interesting topic, and I wanted to share it with everyone else. And I noticed there are a lot of resources online that are very easily accessible, so I wanted to start a club that I could help everyone and get everyone else excited about astronomy also.
0: Oh, that's really interesting. Has there been anything in your life that's really kickstarted your fascination with astronomy? Where did that thrill kind of come from?
5: Uh, Well, ever since a young age, I've always been fascinated with the idea that there could be some form of life existing outside of our Earth that we have yet to discover. So I've always been interested in that kind of idea. And also, I mean, my family is also interested in astronomy. Like we would stay up uh, during the nights and watch like meteor showers. And, uh, of course, we've gone to the local observatory many times and uh, used their telescopes in their uh, viewing sessions. So, I mean, just since a young age, we've always, I've been involved uh, in this kind of stuff. So,
3: That's really awesome. So other than, like you said, taking resources online and sharing them with the people in your club, what other kind of activities do the Astronomy Club people do?
5: Yeah. Okay. So we do have the meetings where, um, that's where we learn astronomy, but outside of school, what we did this last year was we would make trips to the uh, local observatory. Um, and it's very fortunate because they offer free observing to the public every Friday and Saturday night. So we would go up there and they have three different gigantic telescopes that, um, they move around periodically. So we would, uh, look at, use the telescopes, and uh, also we would, of course, walk around in the museum where they have a bunch of different various astronomy exhibits, so it's really fortunate that we have this observatory so close by, so that's what we were um, doing outside of school.
0: Wow, and have you found that Astronomy Club is really taking off famously at your school? Are a lot of kids really interested in this?
5: Yeah, so uh, in the beginning we were having uh, trouble with getting people to come to the meetings uh, and getting people engaged because, of course, I mean, it's education at during lunchtime where kids are trying to take a break from uh, the school. But um, it did seem to take off. I mean, we started uh, bringing cookies or some kind of treat to all the meetings, mm-hmm. uh, inspiring people to come. And uh, it really took off after uh, we started getting the outside-of-school events, and that got people feeling like they were a part of the club and part of the community. So uh, then we had huge numbers of attendance towards the end of the year at each of the meetings like 20 to 30 people at each one so it was astounding
3: yes it always seems to do the trick so how has the astronomy club improved over time
5: uh so uh from last year in the beginning uh i was fortunate that i found khan academy online so uh it was, it was a little bit hard for me to understand some of the stuff that I was researching, but Khan Academy does a great job of just uh, like explaining everything uh, really slowly and clearly so that I could have a really good understanding with it and therefore then be able to explain it to everyone else really clearly. Um, but for, as for the future of Astronomy Club... Um, we, we are going to, we're planning on having our own star parties, sponsoring our own star parties, basically our own telescope viewing sessions this year in addition to going to Chabot. So uh, we're introducing new events for the future.
0: Wow. Now, you know, when you're starting a club like Astronomy Club, is there any kind of prerequisite knowledge that members need to have? Or is anyone just with a passion for astronomy welcome?
5: Yeah, I don't – since everyone's at a different place in their uh, path of science learning at uh, at our school, there's no prerequisite. Of course, I assume that everyone's going to know the basic biology and chemistry because uh, that kind of just goes without saying. But I do try to explain everything in full. Like uh, there are many people who haven't taken physics, and physics often factors in. Um, but I do explain everything in full, so I try to cater to everyone, no matter how advanced their science education is.
3: That sounds cool, and I love how you're trying to make an sh- astronomy club an inclusive place. So, how do you get members to participate? Is it mostly just you lecturing, or do you get other members who get to come up and ask questions and kind of develop their love for astronomy as long as uh, with you?
5: So, at the meetings, it was mainly just me. Um, uh, t- talking about various topics in astronomy. Of course, we did have the vice president uh, a few times do his own presentation. So it wasn't – the meetings weren't very involved. They weren't like huge uh, collaborations. It was mostly um, with me standing up there and talking and then occasionally the vice president. But we didn't really have huge discussions. I, I of course, did take questions. Some people had some very good questions, very thought-provoking um But overall, uh, it was mostly me up there uh, doing most of the talking.
0: Oh, okay. And then, you know, when it's not really a collaborative effort, there might be some people who get disengaged at some points in time. What techniques do you employ to engage everyone at your meetings?
5: Uh, So I would, during the, uh, when I was talking about some kind of random topic, I would try to ask questions periodically and see if anyone, uh, for those that were following, if they they could, of course, jump in and participate and say, oh, uh, that means it's a black hole or something like that. Um, and I would try to remind people of uh, things that we talked about in the past meeting so that people wouldn't get lost uh, during the uh, information part of the meeting. So um, I just keep reminding people and try to engage other people by taking questions and asking questions at the same time.
3: That sounds really awesome. So... Other than like you said, sponsoring your own star parties in the future, what are your goals for the astronomy club going forward?
5: Uh, so this last year, it was uh, the only the bad thing about all our attendance was that they were all um, from high school sophomores, uh, all people in at the same grade level as me and all the officers. So this year, we're hoping that we can expand and make the club kind of more school wide and uh, engage people from other. Uh, from other ages also uh, around the school, so it's not just a junior club.
0: Okay, cool. And I know that the reason you began this astronomy club is because you're really passionate about this, but your school doesn't offer any astronomy classes. And I find that to be the case in many different places. I mean, my school doesn't offer them, many of the schools that my friends go to don't offer them. Have you tried to work with the administration or faculty at all to maybe get classes about astronomy at your school?
5: I have not pursued that yet. Um, geology The geology class at our school does cover a little bit of astronomy, and of course there's like a, a dab in physics, but um, I haven't pursued that, and I haven't really given it much thought, but that's definitely something I may do in the future.
3: Yeah, that would be interesting to see an astronomy class at, Schools, because I know that I haven't heard of one either, Hannah. Um, so how do you think that, I know you talked a lot about how you're using technology for finding your research. Um, do you think you can, you're going to try to use technology um, to spread the astronomy club to other schools?
5: Uh, That's an interesting question. Uh, I was actually talking to one of my friends over the summer who was looking to start his own club and uh, when I told him that I was the president of the astronomy club at my school then that kind of gave him the idea to start his own astronomy club. So I'm not sure that uh, our own astronomy club will be spreading to other schools but I'm definitely sure that it's going to provoke other astronomy clubs to start in other schools.
3: Yeah, that would be awesome to spread your message. So thank you, Sean, for sharing your insight. We've had a truly fascinating time today talking about astronomy and astrology, two very different yet both very fascinating fields. As always, all good things must come to an end. And this show gave us insight on examining our universe through a fresh and new lens. Thanks to StarStyle Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be The Star You Are, and Star for producing this show where we empower kids. Thanks to our Voice America Kids crew, especially Perry Damone and Bruce Solstein. Thanks to our guests and reporters from across the world. And thank you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated
0: program. I'm Kysine Kelly. And I'm Hannah Hundle. You have been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens. For more info on our creative community, go to btsya.org. Until next week, remember... Be kind, be a star watcher, and be here.
1: Speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit expressyourselfteenradio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids Channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars could shine between the if you would let yourself go. Find someplace
2: Hello, my name is Cindy Marie from Phoenix, Arizona and host of Bookworm. The kid star of the month this month is Back in School Neil Brewer and friends. Let's listen to Dodgeball.
6: Look out, Mary's got the ball. And her eyes are set on you. She's lean, she's mean, she's quick and tall. There's nothing you can do. One time she drew a beat on Fred back when he first moved in. She slung one straight upside his head. Fred hasn't played since then. first saw her throw with that wind up fling and twirl now every single kid I know tries throwing like that girl but none of us have matched her way perhaps it's in the eyes we only know that when she plays Drop like swatted flies Dodgeball, dodgeball Mary gonna make us fall It ought to be against the law She should even play it all Dodgeball, dodgeball Mary sure is beautiful But friend, I wouldn't tell her that Cause she'll wind up hard And you'll wind up flat Same thing happens every day Mary puts us in our place. Though we try, we cannot get away from that Mona Lisa face. Each day we wonder who it is she's gonna level first. And when she's through with what she does, we all line up for the nurse. Dodge ball, dodge ball. Mary's gonna make us fall. It ought to be against the law. She should even. Dodgeball, dodgeball Mary's show is beautiful But friend, I wouldn't tell her that Cause she'll wind up hard And you'll wind up flat When I go out into the world Don't know what job I'll do But I can bet I know one girl Who's gonna run a wrecking crew Dodgeball, dodgeball us fall, it ought to be against the law, she should even play it on, dodgeball, dodgeball, Mary sure is beautiful, but friend, I wouldn't tell her that, cause she'll wind up hard, she's gonna wind up hard, she's gonna wind up hard, and you'll wind up flat. Mary's Ball And her eyes Are set on you
2: The Kid Star Album of the Month is Back in School by Neil Brewer and Friends All musical proceeds Neil Brewer and Friends received are donated to the Harvard Stem Cell Institute to put an end to muscular dystrophy For more information, go to the Kid Star website www.kidstar.org